praise and worship today. That was a good dance moves, Arlo. I really appreciated it. I, uh, I, uh, hopefully they develop a little bit better than your father's over time. Um, excited to be here? Yeah. I feel like Fridays um, in the holidays and we're here, uh, it's kind of just relaxed, right, these summer, summer nights. And I feel like, like that worship, I just felt so relaxed in the presence of God. Did anyone else feel like that? It was beautiful. It really was just, it was just this nice moment with God. And I think it's really important that we remember to take those moments um, as we get ready and get set for 2020 and all that God's got for us. But I love that our God is the same yesterday, today and forever, but he moves with what we need at each season, hey? Okay, is anyone taking notes in a book today? Okay, I'm about to give instructions to people not taking notes in a book, so I just wanted to make sure I didn't disclude you. Okay, so everyone, let's grab out our phones. And I'm not going to... I use Evernote, if, you, if you're wondering, for taking my church notes. It's really good. syncs with my computer at home, so I can do some more research. And also, when I lose or crack my phone, it'll still be there. But that's not where I want you to go. So please go to Chrome or your Internet Explorer or your... Actually, not even that anymore. Any sort of internet search function. What's it called? A browser. That's the word I'm after. Yeah, of course, uh, you should be using Chrome, but anyway, I'll just leave that to you. And I want you to write in strongnation.church. Strongnation.church. And just like favorite that or whatever. Because tonight I'm actually going to be, um, oh, and then you'll see, I, it, I know this display will be a bit different. But, you know, select page is at the top left of mine. And then I want to scroll all the way down to resources and then podcast. Okay? So everyone know how to get to the podcast? Now, you can actually do this easier um, through your favorite podcasting app, but this is how I choose to do it because I'm old. And so this is the way that I learned before. But the reason I'm doing all of this is because tonight we're sharing on Are You Ready? And Pastor Rick made it really easy for all of us preachers in summer because all he wants us to preach about is kind of what we learned in 2019 and what we're excited about in 2020. So I was like, awesome, that's easy for me to do. But then I started to think, actually, I learned lots of things in 2019. I was excited about lots of things. I felt God showed me different things. I felt God was speaking to me individually and as well as um, my friends and my family in different ways about different things. And I... Uh, you know, in my little app, I have all these different thoughts and questions that I like to write down and explore about God. And so I, I was going through this list and scrolling through, what do you want me to preach on God? But I just kept thinking, and it's probably because I'm in this mood of reflection at this time of year. I kept thinking about the things that God had shown me over 2019 and then realizing that they, he wasn't finished with them yet. Some of these ideas and thoughts that God had birthed in me, and I believe in us as a church, he's not finished with yet. Thank God. Because I'm a bit of a slow learner, and so I like a bit of time to uh, go over them. And so I'm going to be preaching tonight thoughts um, on, so are you ready? But just thoughts from 2019, and I'm literally... I'm using that word correctly today, Connor. I am literally just going to steal a line or two from three sermons I heard last year that spoke to me and that God actually kind of um, 
birthed a revelation in, in me from, from a, a preacher sharing. Now, this happens for me when I read the Bible. It happens a lot in conversations as well with Christians and non-Christians where I get this idea and it kind of just, it sort of, that little seed stays there and it annoys me for a while. Does anyone else get that? And I start to ask questions about it and I start to research it. It's probably why I became a teacher. Um, and so I just want to share these three thoughts that are still like that with me. I still feel like God has, has um, want, he's taught me some of it in 2019, but he wants me to use it going into 2020. And I believe as a church, he might be saying the same to us too. Is that cool? Okay, let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that in this place, every week we hear the word of God. I thank you, God, that your word stands true uh, forever and ever. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. That he was the word, he was he it was the word, he was there at the beginning, he'll be there at the end. And that you sent him to, to earth to be an example for us and how to live. He died so that we can come back into relationship with you. And we thank you for Holy Spirit who's with us each day and he guides us towards uh, he helps us spiral upwards towards where you want us to be. And even when it makes no sense, God, we can tell we know that you're there. And we just pray, God, that in twenty twenty, I pray that no matter what happens, as crazy as it gets, as unbelievable or uncertain as it is, let this church always know that you are there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now my first thought, I'm going to race through my three points quickly that I'm going to steal, and then I'm going to kind of just tell you what I'm going to, what I think God wants us to know for 2020. And I'm not doing this point just to suck up because he's sitting in the front row over there. And I could have picked messages from lots of people. Jesse's one on um, the image of God, um, Dr. Uh, Reverend Dr. Adam White came and he preached some great messages at, at um, Penrith, which was awesome too, by the way. Because you know, some preachers actually go to all three churches and preach the same message. Did you know that? No, but it's actually awesome because you know what? We are three churches and there are differences, but there is a common heartbeat. That we have these common threads that go through. And so actually what I would like to do is when I, when I get onto that podcast app, I won't go and listen to the message that Adam or Pastor Rick or Pastor Naomi, whoever it is, preached at Penrith, I'll go listen to what they said at Hawkesbury or Mountains, and it gives a kind of broader kind of understanding of the same points. Anyway, that was a little side note. But I am going to share a message, uh, a line from uh, Pastor Rick Burrell, um, from October the 11th, um, which was, anyone know? Greater than a thousand conference. And this message I actually first heard seven or eight years ago. I feel like it could even be longer. But I just, at that time, it really revolutionized my life. And I'm not saying this to suck up because he's there. <laughs> but really, it was at an interesting time in our church for, for Amy and myself. And, and it really just cemented that God was just said to us in the, through this message and other things as well. But that you were in the, you were in the place that I've put you in for a purpose. That, that you're actually here and I want you to be here. And it was all of a sudden just like another breath, breath of fresh air at this time. But the interesting thing was I kept finding myself throughout last year saying to young people, do you know, do you know Pastor Rick's Sarah and Hagar message? And they'd all say, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I was like, okay, I'd kind of explain it and do it poorly. So I was so excited when at, at Greater Conference he did it again. And then I could say, go listen to it on the app. Anyway, but Sarah versus Hagar, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Hands up, come on, let me get a count. That's good, okay. I don't have to go too deep. 
which is good because I don't want to preach four messages tonight. He talked about how Abraham and Sarah were given a promise from God that they were called to, Abraham was called to be the father of many nations, that he was going to bless the entire, God was going to bless him and he was going to be a blessing, his family to the entire earth. And so they get this amazing call and then they get to the age of 100 and they still haven't had one child. And so it's impossible for them to do the call of God. The promise of God that God's given them, it's impossible to see that it, it would come to pass. And so Sarah, and I used to kind of, kind of think, how stupid can you be? But then I just start to realize I do this all the time. Now, I don't have any servants that I offer to my husband. But I, I, I try to work things out in the natural when God has it already sorted out in the spiritual. I just can't see it yet. And so what happens is Sarah goes, I'm too old, I'm barren. The Bible actually says she is barren. It doesn't say that she just hasn't had a baby. And so we know she cannot have children. And so she says, maybe what God meant was that you would have a child through my servant, Hagar. She's beautiful, she's pretty awesome, and I think she'll give you a really cute kid. And God's promise can keep going forth. And, and I, I'm sure she was trying to honor her husband and do these things, but a stupid husband, I shouldn't say that about Abraham, the father of our faith, but um, he, he, so he agrees to that and he, he ends up laying with Hagar and they have a baby son called Ishmael. And then later on, he and Sarah, Sarah have a baby called Isaac. And it's very clear from the start that Isaac is the son of the promise. That he came about through impossible means, through God. He was the spirit, spiritual side. And he came through an impossibility. But Ishmael came through, through the working of man. Now, this is a great message, and I cannot pre preach it again, but I'm going to give you the date again so you can look it up. It's October the 11th, and I tell you to go see it. But it's this idea that we have the natural and the spiritual way of doing things. And too often as humans, we think we cannot, God promised me something, God showed me something. How can I make it happen? How can I manipulate the circumstances to make it happen? But you see, that's not what we should be doing. Hagar was a good servant, and she was always meant to serve Sarah. She was always meant to make Sarah great and flourish in the, in the promise. So many times the good stuff that we do is good, but it's meant to serve the promise and the call of God on our lives, to go and make disciples. It's meant to serve in the call that God's given you, the promise that he's given you. And so Sarah versus Hagar is my first little nugget that I want to pull something from. And the, the line I'm going to sort of say is that don't let the thing that's meant to serve become more important than the promise it's meant to serve. Sarah, can't, Sarah is the promise, the promise that God's given you. Don't let anything get in front of that and more important than that. Okay, the second one comes two days later, October the 13th, and it was Pastor Paul Barnett. Does anyone remember this message? Yeah, this is a great message. I feel like there was like a hundred little one-liners in there that I kind of was unpacking over time. But he talked a lot about unlearning and about how actually to be, have our minds transformed isn't just about adding more knowledge. At times, we need to forget what we know and trust God. But he had this one line, and he was, um, he was reading from Matthew 5, and he, he talks about how Jesus was doing miracles down at the base of the mountain. 
His disciples are there and thousands were there as well, the crowd. And he's actually seeing miracles and the crowd's loving the show. I reckon there was popcorn and cheering and, I don't know, fireworks maybe. Um, and so there's all this, this awesome show going on. But then Jesus doesn't actually say anything to the crowd. He doesn't say anything to the disciples, but he kind of stops healing. He just heads up the mountain. And it says the crowds kind of watch him for a while, head up the mountain, and then they go away. But the disciples climb the mountain after him. And he said this line, and I've got it in quotes, disciples climb mountains, crowds don't. So my first line is that, you know, Sarah and Hagar, that don't let the things that are, called to, that are meant to serve the promise become more important. And the second one is, disciples climb mountains, crowds don't. <clears throat> Remember the bike too? Has anyone tried that, by the way? Anyway, side note. Um, point three came very recently, December the 20th, on our final Friday night massive of the year. And Pastor James McPherson came out. Remember he had that like see-through whiteboard? Who was here for that one? Yep. See, I'm actually literally stealing, but is it stealing when I'm giving them this much? I don't know. But he... he um, he was talking about, he had the two lists, and he, had, he was talking about our spiritual dimension. And often there's spiritual questions, questions about our meaning, our purpose, our identity. They're spiritual questions. And as humans, we ask those questions, and it's one of the things that differentiates us from the animals. And he, he says that we have these questions, and, and he's talked about it for him, that before he knew God, he didn't really understand these things. And sometimes you might try and make up what these might mean. You might actually start to think about, okay, I needed to create an identity for myself because where I get my identity through myself or whatever it is. But we can't really figure out a way to adequately answer these questions. And so what we focus on is the natural elements. Where am I going to live? How am I going to dress? What am I going to do with my life? What, am, what jobs am I going to do? And so he says, because we can't have certainty in the spiritual... We work out how to get as much certainty as we can in the natural. And then he says this thing that at first kind of horrified me and worried me, and, and, and I was sitting really heavy, but then all of a sudden it was just almost like a weight was lifted. He said, the more certainty you have about your spiritual dimension, so once we know God, once we become a Christian, once we actually start to read our word and understand it, once we're spending time with God and we start to know who we are, we know that we're called for a purpose, we know that we're children of God, that we get our identity through Him, that we're co-heirs with Christ, that we're designed to spend eternity with a loving God that designed us with a plan and a purpose in mind, we start to get more and more certainty about this, but all of a sudden God starts speaking to us. And we start getting called out to do things. And he shares another story about Abraham. When Abraham's asked to go to the land, I will show you. He's like, cool, which way? Which way, God? And God says, just go. Just go. You, I'll show you it when you get there. And I love that Pastor James went on about telling you, imagine telling your wife that, right? Okay, this is what we're doing. Where, okay, where are we going? What do I need to pack? What do I need to wear? Like, what? <laughs> all these questions, but no, I have no idea. And actually, so often in our Christian journey, we talk about how it can get really hard. Like this idea that we, st we think that just becoming a Christian makes everything easy, that it's a crutch, we realize isn't true. 
But what it does do is it gets hard because in the natural, things start to get a bit, they don't seem to make sense. There's less certainty. But in the spiritual, we have the rock that we can build our life on. We have the certainty of a God that never changes. And so my third little point is that the more certainty you have in the spiritual dimension of your life, the less certainty you have in the natural dimension of your life. So these were three kind of points towards the end of the year that I've been thinking about overall leading into the year, end of the year. And I'm only going to share for like five minutes more. But just five minutes more on those three things that I think God wants of me and perhaps our church heading into 2020. And what, what direction do I think that he should go? Now, I'm telling you this, this is 100% what I feel God's talking to me about. And my big encouragement out of this message isn't to just necessarily take notes and say, cool, this is exactly what God's talking about me about. No, it's actually to reflect. What did God talk to you about last year? What messages stand out? Have, have some time in prayer and just say, God, you know, what were the things? What were the conversation? What was the books? What were the, the different lines that you spoke to me and that you want me to take into 2020? Go use the podcast. Have a listen to some of those messages again and get, see what other nuggets you can get. <clears throat> so what does this mean for 2020? Well, the first thing I want to do, and I guess this links most with um, Pastor James McPherson's point, is I want to walk in the Spirit more and more. Galatians 5, 16 to 18 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will, gratif- you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with, one, with, with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You see, they say it a bit different to, it was almost like um, Pastor James is saying it's a pendulum, right? Like the more certainty in the natural, often the less certainty in the spiritual or vice versa. But they're saying they're at conflict. There's actually a fight going on between these two as well. And so for me, I want to make sure that my life is walking by the Spirit. And some people say, what? What does that even mean? Well, actually, the very next, next verse says, well, walking by the flesh is obvious. We actually know what walking by the flesh is. It's meeting the desires of our flesh that make no positive impact on the world around us. And so we need to stop doing those things, but instead build into the spiritual realm, build into our prayer lives with God. And I guess that links to my next type. So I'm going to walk by the Spirit, but the next one is I want to dive deeper. I want to draw closer to God. You know, the crowds see the miracles, and I love the miracles. Like, it's awesome. But if you, just, if you just do anything for a show, the show ends. The show gets old. You think, I've seen that one before. Jesus isn't about the show, even though he did it. You know, we, our band did a show tonight in, in a worldly sense, but there was so much more than that, hey? Like, like I said, I was just so, I just felt so relaxed in the Spirit of God because these guys have got a spiritual dimension to what they do. They're not just playing instruments in this world. There's a spiritual dimension. And so I want to delve deeper into that. And that means the obvious things, pray and read the Bible. I want to do that more. But I was thinking I really want to, you know, mature my relationship with God. 
I want to chase him up the mountain. Just because something looks hard in the natural, I don't want that to get in the way of me chasing after God. I was thinking about as well that if um, disciples climb mountains and crowds don't, then I want to um, I want to demonstrate my faith by climbing the mountains with God, hey, chasing Jesus. And I'll get the band back up. And the last thing is I want to let Hagar serve Sarah. In my life, there is a physical and natural dimension. There are lots of things that I do that are good, some that are not so good. But I want to let that those things that I do serve the promise and the call that God's put on my life, the call that God's put on this church to go and make disciples, to help everyone walk fruit. What is it? I just got it wrong. Loving, fruitful and abundant lives. I miss my... Everlasting, there you go. Abundant, fruitful, and everlasting lives. I just lost all those brownie points. And I was thinking about things like I love my job most of the time, and uh, except when I'm teaching year eight history. Um, and, and that's just because Leah's in there, by the way, if you didn't get that. Um, but the thing is that I don't, I, the, I mean, the Bible tells us we need to work. It says, those who work their land in Proverbs 12, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. It's not about chasing a fantasy. It's not about giving up responsibility. It's actually, yes, I'm taking responsibility for my family. Yes, I'm going to earn money for food and feed my kids. But while I'm there, I want it to serve the call that God's put on my life. I want it to serve the promise that he's put before us to go and make disciples, to, to be um, you know, a father in that place, to actually sow truth and hope and life and love. I want, to, I want to not be distracted by the natural so much that I miss that opportunity. In my relationships, like I want us to, I want me, I want to consider those around me and help build their life up and make them better. I want to use those natural things to serve the promise that God's got for me. And like I said, for me, the point of this message is, are you ready for 2020? Have you thought about what God was speaking to you about last year and what it means for this year? You know, for me, I'm getting a little bit scared when I look at some of those points about what is it that maybe God wants for me. But you know what? As long as God's there. As long as God's there. So I'm just going to ask you to stand and we're just going to pray. I'm just going to pray and if you're happy to say amen at the end, I'd love you to say amen. But I just want to encourage you, go home. It's not homework. Maybe it is. Go home and just think, what did God talk to me about in 2019? And what does he want me to do with it in 2020? Okay, let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it is a light unto our path. But I thank you, God, that sometimes we do not know where that path is taking us. I thank you, God, that this life requires faith because it shows me that you are real. That no matter how hard it gets, 
Whether I'm in a fire, God, there's another one in there with me. Whether I'm in the valleys where I'm not sure where it's going, whether I'm on the mountaintops where I'm just enjoying your splendor, God, I thank you that you are always with us. I pray for each person here tonight. I pray, God, that you've got them here for a purpose. And I pray that, you know, despite my human words tonight, that, God, that you said something to them. I pray just right now that you might freshen in their mind a thought or a conversation or, or a sermon that just spoke to them this year, last year. And God, show, how the, show them how it's going to impact them this year too, we pray, God. And God, I just pray over our church. I pray that this is a year of the Spirit, God, where you come and you do a move in our church. But God, I also pray that it's a year where we go into our communities and we take you with us. Lord God, I just pray over our pastors. God, I just pray that you uh, look after them this year, that you protect them. And God, I just pray that you just continue to guide them. And God, I pray that over all of us, Lord. I pray that, we're, that we step wherever you call us because we know you're going to be there with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Bess. Awesome. That was so great, Kim. Thank you. I love that you ended with